And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John well, hello, everyone. Yes, it is the weekend, which means you get another edition of the Weighing In Podcast. My man with the big Tyson on his chest, Josh Thompson, is ready to do battle with me on what he believes are going to be the big players of 2023 coming in from the UFC, Bellator, maybe in a little PFL talk in there, too. What's happening, my brother? That's it, huh? <laughs> The weather is so depressing, man. The, the weather is so is, uh, delightful. Us California people, we got it so rough when it comes to the weather. So shit. <laughs> um, but before we get started on this whole show, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, hit the thumbs up. All of those things help get our algorithm pumping, so we can get people out there to share our content with. We want to thank you guys for supporting this podcast, supporting Big John and myself, and even Podcast Dave, who doesn't speak a lick of English. When you talk to him. But we want to thank you guys, of course. Go to WayneInMerch.com. Pick up some of our new apparel we got out. Some new stuff up there. And uh, we got a whole new company that we're using with great, great material. Great merch. Awesome stuff. Hoodies. Long sleeves. Short sleeves. New designs. Hats. Everything is out. Oh, Hats, look at that hat. As you look can see. Hat. There we Bow. go. Boom. So we got some new designs. And we got the old designs plus the new designs. And we got a bunch of new stuff up there. So... Check it out at WayneAndMerch.com. Uh, thank you guys. Got my for... wallet back. I got my wallet back. Did they overnight it? They got it well, to they, you? They, you know, they overnighted it and only took like four nights for it to get overnighted. <laughs> it's funny how things work during the holidays. Don't leave your wallets in other states. No. no. Bad idea. Bad idea for getting on the airplane. Bad idea for being able to pay for your food. Couldn't even buy food in the damn airport. Miss McCarthy hit me up and said, yeah, John left his wallet or lost his wallet at the uh, studio. And I'm like, this Dumbass. is like a conversation I would have with like my 13 year old. Like, <laughs> How do you lose your wallet at your age? Man, I said, you know, it's funny because I always keep my back, back, back pocket. Sometimes I'll put it in my front pocket based upon where I'm at. But I was sitting in this chair and it was in my back pocket and the chair was a hard fucking seat on the thing. I was like, ah, I'm not going to sit on that the whole time. And I just put it on that desk in front of me. And I forgot that I put it on that desk in front of me. Jeez. And I was quick to try to get the hell out of there. I wanted to get out of New York City. I wanted to get home. And I had my ride waiting for me. And I jumped in it with Norty. And when I got to the airport, I did my, my normal. Touch the phone. Touch the wallet. We're ready to call it. Touch the phone. Touch the... Where the fuck is my wallet? Yep, oh. it was still at the studio. <laughs> That's that's one of those like like that's how I feel about my phone. If like my phone's got to be with me at all times. I just feel like I feel so lost without my phone. <laughs> like I can I can make do without my wallet. You want to know why? Because I'm this is 2023 now, but I've got credit cards on my phone like most people do. They carry their credit card on their phone. Oh, shut your mouth. This knucklehead goes <laughs> to the airport, can't buy anything because his credit card is not on his phone after you lose your wallet. So but I can get my, around. My, Hold on, my it's credit my card phone. was because I yeah. actually got to re-up my clear because it was the only way I was going to get in through TSA. I used to have clear when I lived in Vegas because the Vegas airport had mm -hmm. you know clear, and so I, I would I got it, signed up. It was easy. Did that whole I thing, right? Well, then 
where I live now, they don't have clear. So it's like, well, I'm not going to keep it up and not use it. So it's gone. Right? So now <laughs> I'm in LaGuardia and they go, well, do you have clear? I go, well, I used to. Well, you can re-up it. I don't have a credit card. Do you take cash? No. <laughs> so I had them send me a picture of my credit card that I could put into the thing, got my clear so I could get into the airport. But no, I didn't have all my cards on my phone that I could just go click. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't have no. all of them. I've got the, the two or three that I use the most and make sure that they're always on there. Yeah, Man. this technology, I'm telling you right now, technology fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> It can make your life easier, but it can also make it more oh, difficult. Oh, it can. Just depends uh, on what side of the street you're standing. All right. Well, let's roll into some Horrible. stuff. Uh, there's not a lot going on because there's no fights this week. I don't think there's any fights next week. Nope. Um, but we don't so need fights, Josh. Yeah, you know we don't why? Really need fights because our gl loving, glaring personality. I don't even know how you would say it. Our great personalities will carry us through Glowing. Glowing. We're glowing. Not, not glaring. Not That's glaring. Right. Glowing. We're, well, you might glare a little bit. Yeah, you want to know why? Because I can't read this. People. I'm going to have to like get the glare in my glasses <laughs> to see stuff. I can't see Look, any of this. Hey, stuff. put those back on. For once in your life, you looked educated, man. Look at you. Oh, look at the <laughs> Professor right. Thompson. That's right. That's right. See? But sexy. in reality, the vanity of Josh at this moment is mm. just dying. It's yeah. cringing that he has to wear glasses. I have contacts too. They're just such a pain in the ass. <laughs> just so much easier to carry glasses around. I don't know. We'll see. I may have to use them on set one of these days at the desk. Woo. Oof. Oh no. Sorry, right. you look, make make you look distinguished. Yeah. Just yeah. You're not buying ass, it. No, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I'm not. All right, Dave. What do you got for us, buddy? What are we doing today? All right, we're going to look at predictions for 2023. Yeah. So we're going to go through each of the divisions for uh, Bellator and UFC since they have rankings. We're going to use those rankings to look at the current state of these divisions. Uh, you know, who's at the top right now? Who's going to, who's got potential to make that come up and who might be on the way out and who might not be in there right now that you expect to see kind of. You know, do a Sean O'Malley and hop their way right into that number, that number one spot um, in 2023. So, want to hear all your thoughts there. If there's anything PFL one that you want to mention, uh, they don't have rankings, but if there's anything you want to mention for people to keep an eye out for, uh, by all means, throw those in uh, once we're once we're through the UFC and Bellator portion of each division. Uh, we'll start with the UFC's flyweight. Bellator does not have a flyweight division, so we'll mm -hmm. start with the UFC flyweight division, hop over into Bantamweight, and go from, go from there. So let's take it away on flyweight. Let's do it. Can you make this bigger at all? Oh, my well, God. It's it's plenty big right there, Dave. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Put your damn glasses on you. Put them on. Put the glasses on it, so you, you can see. You know what it is, right? It's the glare. I don't, want, I don't want everyone to be bothered by my glare. There we go. Just tilt them down a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Fifty percent of your audience is listeners, not watchers. So uh, there you go. They see? won't be bothered. All right, look at the current, as they say, undisputed champion is Devison Figueredo, mm -hmm. and the interim champion is Brandon Moreno. Though these guys have fought three times already, but you know what? Each fight was a different fight unto itself. All good. The first fight was fantastic, ended in a draw. Second fight, Brandon Moreno smokes him. Third fight, Devison Figueredo comes out and puts on a great, long, drawn-out fight, but beats Brandon Moreno, and then Moreno gets the interim title with his win, 
and you look and you go, these guys are, are they're fun to watch, but man, they need to bring more blood, something different into this division. You've got guys like Mateus Nicklau. You've got guys like Pantoja. I mean, you got to give these guys their their shot at that. I, I I I'm not saying that I have not enjoyed all of the Moreno versus Figueroa fights. They've been fun, but somehow it's got to stop somewhere along the way, and you got to introduce that other blood. Because I'm telling you right now, Josh, if there's one thing I know, the UFC matchmakers are going and saying is, God damn, I wish I still had Demetrius Johnson. I wish I still had Kyoji Horiguchi. It would make their life so much easier, so much better, and it would be better for this division. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, we saw with Kai Kara France, he just he couldn't get it done, and yep. Brandon Moreno was just too much for him. But when I look at the guys in that mix, though, with Pantoja, he's good. I don't think he's ready for Moreno either, though, John. I know they keep doing the repeat on these things, but I think Beat certain him guys. Once. I think certain Beat guys, though, I get it. But I look at guys that I look at guys that potentially don't really have a lot to lose, but could make big jumps if you challenge them a little bit more. Guys like Manel Cape, he's got losses. Yeah, he's got the he's got the ability to fight at a high level. When you spark the interest in him, he's gonna have to fight someone dangerous. He's gonna. What are you holding him back for? There's no reason to hold him back. Get him no. up there. Like have him fight. You know these upper these upper echelon of guys. Uh, Amir Albazi. Super tough guy. That would, absolutely. I love Albazi. I think he's fun to watch. Uh, you know, he's got he's really Nicolau, got something going. And Nicolau, just like, yeah. like he's in good. that mix. Just get them there. Get them there now. Like the Royval, uh, Brendan Royval is a, a very talented fighter. Extremely talented. talented. I agree. Um, you know, he's had a little bit of, of misfortune. I think he's my, had remember some his shoulder, his shoulder popped yeah. out. I think he had an yep. issue with that. And then but I mean He's re he's ready for that next level. I mean, him against any of those, him and Pantoja, him and Karkar France. I can't remember who's fought who, honestly, in this division, because they only have one fight every couple, you know, shows of 125 pounder. It's always the same guys that they're focused on. They're not marketing no. these 125 pounders like they market everyone else. And no, so and that that's the real problem. But and we we cover all these fights, and we still have a hard time remembering. So the casual fan at home is going like, oh, I've never seen this guy before. <laughs> Well, you can look at Brandon Royval, and he has fought Brandon Moreno. He lost. That was the shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. That was that fight. Yeah. Against against Moreno and stuff. But you got to look, and you got to say, man, Pantoja has been around now. He deserves a shot. He deserves that chance. You know, he's up there. Amir Albazi. Every time he fights, he puts on a show. Man, he puts. He comes to fight, and you got to say, yeah. that's the guy I'm going to try. I'm going to give him that big fight up there. I'm going to give him the Kai Kara France, or I'm going to give him the Brandon Roy Vall. And if he can get past those guys, then he's right in line for getting that title shot, in my yeah. opinion, at 125 right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think for them to mix it up, they are they are hurting for top-level talent, though. The DJ would have, would have been a, a great oh. job to keep him there. I know they, had, they, they did the trade, whatever it was, but at the end of the day, DJ still had a lot of miles left on him, and I don't oh, think yeah. they expected the 125-pound division to start bringing in more talent the way they did. I mean, they had, you know, they had uh, uh, Joe Benavides for so long. They had all these other Cejudo fighters. There. For, against Cejudo there. You had a, all these fighters for so long, and then they were kind of on their way out. Cejudo wasn't on his way out, but they were no. had fighters that were kind of on their way out, and they're like, DJ's been so dominant. Like, what are we going to do with this? 
But now you've got a new crop of fighters. I mean, bringing back someone like a DJ or, you know, trying to make another trade, maybe to get DJ back. I mean, you've, you have a working relationship from before. I mean, try and trade somebody else for DJ to kind of spice this thing back up again. I mean, are you, I don't know. I know that the, I know that Bellator is not interested at all in getting rid of Horiguchi. No, they're not. That, because of that Japanese connection and how, and how fucking good he is, man. He's so good. He's so entertaining. He's got such big power. Um, but I mean, like I would, I would understand too, if they were able, this is where it comes into it, John, who can you give me at another weight class that I'm building up? Yeah. Who can you give me? Look, like I'll give you Horiguchi. Who's in the 155 pound division here. Let's go. Let me see. Short of the 155. <laughs> Why are you going? I had to go to the glass. You're jumping it. He's jumping stop, because stop. there's going to be a tournament. There's going to be a tournament. That's why I'm jumping. Yeah. It's because there's going to be a 155 pound. Who? Who could we potentially get in the 155 pound tournament? Dustin, uh, Justin Gaethje. He's fought for the title <laughs> how many times? He's fought for the title how many times? He's come up short. Throw some action in there, man. You've got Mosayev. You've got you've got these fighters. Tofik Mosayev and him would be a God, great be good. fight. What a great, great fight, fight that would be. Yep, Patricky and him would be a good fight. I mean, like, you've got guys that will stand and bang. Well, he's the guy. If you're looking for that, Look I give you Horiguchi. We'll in there. Yeah. I give you Horiguchi. You give me, you give me Justin, gonna... uh, you know, Justin Gaethje. I, I'm just throwing this. I'm throwing one guy out there. That's it. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I would say I would even, I, I would love to have Dustin. I'd love to have, you know, Darius. I'd love to have all those guys. But I'm simply saying, like, Darius hasn't fought for the title. Darius is goals. the one guy I think they would actually trade. Which is crazy, man. I know he could be. He's so good. Like, like if Charles, he just if, doesn't get the he doesn't get the the love yeah. that other guys get, man. If Islam wasn't there, he'd be their champion. Yeah, if, if, I'd really be right there. It'd be if, him or Charles. Yeah, him and yeah, exactly. Wow. I mean, but I'm, I jumped that line a little bit because, like, like when we talked about doing trades, potential trades. Horiguchi's a stand-up fighter, a great fighter, brings the action, good takedown defense. Him against. Brandon Moreno, him against uh, Figueredo, him against Kaikar France. That'd be a great fight, him and Kaikar oh, France. Yeah. Yep. Just putting these matchups in my head, great fights for him there if he decided to do it. But then I'd want something to trade. Give me that Justin Gaethje. If I'm doing a 155-pound tournament, bring it, man. I want someone that's going to just, just <laughs> going to bring it, going to bring it every time. Win or lose, he's going to bring it. You know, that's a great, that's a great matchup. That's a great yep. trade, I should say. Yeah. Next. All right, let's hop into that bantamweight division here, and we'll start with the UFC this time. Mm-hmm. Man, I tell you what, you know, when you look at the UFC's bantamweight division, it is just stacked. I love this division, and you know, I, honestly, we in our last show we talked about you know fighters of the year, and Aljamain Sterling crossed my mind many times as far as you know, should I put him as you know fighter of the year? Because look, he had two big wins. He had a big win against. Yuryan, and he had a big win against TJ. Now, yeah, TJ's shoulder popped out, but that's not that's not Aljamain's fault. No, you know that's he did his job. He went out there and he put a whooping on him the way he was supposed to, especially with the the hurt shoulder. And in this division, man, there are no easy fights. There no. just are not. And, so, and if you're going to look and say, all right, you know, you're saying he could have been fighter of the year. He could also be the first champion that gets you know dethroned based upon. How tough everyone is in that division. It is not yeah. an easy position to hold on to with all those targets on you and stuff. I look at this and you know, Sean O'Malley being up there at the top, I really think he's gonna start to make, you know, uh, a difference here. But there's they have that fight set up between Cheeto Vera 
and Corey Sanhagen. And I honestly believe, I think you're going to see uh, Henry Cejudo come out and get that that fight against Aljamain, whether he gets a win or not. You know, I'm not saying I have no idea. That's going to be a great fight. But whoever comes out on top, be it Henry Cejudo or be it Aljamain, I think their next you know opponent is going to be the winner of that Sanhagen versus Cheeto Vera fight. Yeah, I think they'd be foolish not to do the Henry Cejudo and Aljamain Sterling fight. Like, do it right now. Get it out of the way. That stylistically, that that stylistic matchup between Aljamain, he lives off of his wrestling and trying to get in his submission. Yeah, not that fight, he doesn't. And he ain't getting the takedown. He ain't <laughs> getting the takedown. Stuffing the takedown. Now he may get be able to get on the neck though, because he can get on the back. He can get on the neck. He may be able to try to get to the to the back. He's yeah. gonna have a hard time. I think Henry's gonna be able to fight hands and stay away as best he can. And on the feet, Henry's just showed me too much, man. He showed me he's too got, much he's with the way speed. Better. And not only just has he gotten better, but I mean, I know he's been out for two, two and a half years, something like that. But I, look, he's showed me in that Marais fight that he will bite down on his mouthpiece, stand with you, and trade with you. Yeah. And with with Aljamain Sterling, he doesn't have to worry about that. Like he, he, he sure, like Aljo has some stand up, but his stand up is not as good as as Marais's stand up, and he doesn't possess as much power as Marais. Now I know Marais is on the slide down, but in yeah. this in this type of fight, Henderson Hudo, if he's a if he is 90, 85 to 90% of what he was when he left, and I'm unlocking Aljo, just style, the styles make matchups. Yep. I don't think he can take Henry down. Getting him down is where the sub, most of the submissions are going to come from, unless he's able to kind of get a duck under and kind of get to the back. If he presses him to the fence, kind of wiggle his way to the back and get the hooks, he might be able to do that. But have you ever seen, have you ever grappled with someone really small? Really short in stature, but strong. And you're trying to get your hooks in on their back. You're trying to like, you're trying to leg ride them. It's just so hard. It's so hard, man. Like when I used to try to, to try to train with Justin Wilcox, the fucking the silverback, <laughs> it was just impossible, man. Trying to get a leg ride in just too much. It's, it's too hard. You can't get your feet in. Like he's so strong. You can't get your hook around the far side. So compact. I just got his work cut out for him in terms of the rest of the division. Aljo, Henry, all of them could lose at any time. All of them. They could oh, lose yeah. at any time. In any fight, this division's so stacked. You get all the way down. You know, I'm looking all the way down. So you got Umar at number 11. <coughs> Trust me, I've I've looked at it. Yeah. You got Chris Gutierrez down there. Who look, Chris Gutierrez is a dynamite fighter. Very, very slick in the stand-up. He's got good wrestling. He's got the full package. Chris Gutierrez, Adrian Yanez. Umar, that's 11, 12, and 13. And I'm looking at them going, they could be right up at 2, 3, 4. Yeah. No problem. You know, and so it's, this whole division could switch quickly. You know, obviously you've got, like like we talked about, Cheeto Vera against uh, Sanhagen. They're 4 and 5. Well, one of them's going to you know possibly move up a little bit, and one of them's going to move down. You know, Marab is kind of in that, you know, yeah, he's waiting he's, for Aljo. He, yeah, you know, he's he's in no man's land right now. He he will not fight Aljo and that's fine. I understand why. And so he's got to be a guy who's sitting there, you know, just letting people take shots at him. And look, he he's a tough person to, you know, go against, but I would love to see Umar against Marab. I think that would yeah. be a phenomenal fight. The real Umar's, question is Umar's matched up right now. Who's he matched up with? Can you pull that up, Dave? Umar's got a matchup right now. I didn't know he had a matchup. Yeah, I think it's Chris Gutierrez. Is it? That's I think so. 
I think it is. Don't know. Raoni Barcelos. Barcelos is good. That's a good that's a good matchup, but Umar should win that fight. Yeah. Um I look at I look at look at Said Nurmagomedov. He's all the way down. Jack Shore is one hell of a fighter as well. Giannis is is scheduled right now to fight Rob Font. That's coming up. That's right. Which is a great matchup. You talk about a stand up battle. Hello. Yep. So those two, and then you've got Ricky Simone, who's kind of just lingering in there with Pedro uh, Munoz and Yadong Song and and Dominic Cruz. That middle of the pack, yeah, that they're can... they're they're kind of like I would say they're kind of I don't want to say on their way out, but they're not on their way in. They're no. kind of just well, in the middle. They're in the middle well, of the pack. At least Ricky Simon is uh, probably he's the youngest one out of them all. Pedro. Yeah. And Dominic obviously have have some you know miles on him and stuff. Yudong Song's super young, yeah, you know, and so he's going to be around for a long time. It's just the entire division is stacked. You can go that that division from champion down to fifteen. You can't find an easy fight. Mm-hmm. Can't. They're that yeah, good. There's, there's no easy fights. There's no nope. this 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 division at 135 is the most stacked division in the sport. We've said this yep. multiple times. We're going to continue to say it. And at any point, all, all of changes. these fighters can be champions. All of them. I would go all the way down, and some have already been champions. Yeah. You know, you, you got Peter Yan as the former champion. You got uh, Dominic Cruz, former champion. I mean, TJ's out now. Uh, Corey's fought for the title. I mean, like you've got Marlon Vera. Feels like he's unbeatable right now. He's just. He finds a way to get it done, whether it's dropping you at the end of the of each round and and, and getting the win that way, or just putting you away. I mean, he's he's nasty. He's good. Um, he makes for an interesting fight. He's got a big fight coming up too. So that's that's gonna be like you've got all these fights that are all scheduled out. But Corey Sandhagen is not to be overlooked, man. Oh, I, he's the guy that I think is him. I'm surprised they didn't do like a. They didn't do like a Marlon versus Marab because Marab's just kind of kind of linger around there right now. You know, I mean, what 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 do you do with Peter Yawn? Do you not have Peter Yawn and Marab fight then? To well, see where you could. You're taking a look and you go, who who are you going to put against Marab? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, like we said, the entire the entire fifteen they're there. Mm-hmm. It's a tough fight. Now, Marab's a tough fight. I'm not taking anything you know, away from him. They're all tough. They all have their styles. And and if I you know if I was going to look, I could say, look, if I think if you put this person against Marab, I think Marab gets the win. You put him against this guy, maybe not. I mean, that styles make fights. This is what this is what I think. If if Henry Cejudo ends up beating Sean Oma, or not Sean Oma, but Aljo, you're going to see Marab get a shot. They're going to see Marab get the title shot. Yeah. And then, yeah. but then Marab lives off of his wrestling. <laughs> Thank and you very much. And he ain't out wrestling Henry Cejudo. He ain't even close as far as now. No. He is great with pressure. Yeah. You know, he's a great pressure fighter and stuff, but pressure will only get you so much. Not getting the takedown and working hard for it, yeah. it's not a recipe for staying you know, long in a fight. Could get you in a lot of trouble, too, <laughs> against point. someone who can stuff your takedowns. That's it. All right, next. You guys want to hop in Bellator here? Sure, yeah. we'll go to Bantamweights in Bellator. Mm-hmm. Well, look, we got the. Let's just look, you know, be honest with what you look at. It. Champion is Sergio Pettis. He won that title from Juan Archuleta. He defended it against Horaguchi with that unbelievable spinning back fist come from behind win. Mm-hmm. He hasn't fought since because he tore up his knee. Mm-hmm. You know, Rafion Stotts 
won the interim. He's the one holding on to the interim championship, and he's got his next fight in the finals of the Bantamweight World Grand Prix against Patchy Mix. Both of these guys have proved that, you know what, they deserve to be in that slot. I'll tell you what, you know, I look at all this, and there's so many guys that, you know, you could look at and say, well, this guy can move here. This guy could do this. I look at this right now, and I go, Patchy Mix against Rafael Stotts is an outstanding fight. Now, and the person, either of the guys that, you know, win that, be it Rafael Stotts or be it Patchy. Now, Rafael was a teammate of Sergio Pettis, but they both present the style that is made to beat Sergio, and he knows that. Right. He has, you know, if you're going to say, who who's going to give Sergio Pettis the most problems, it's a guy that can wrestle. It's a guy that can take him down, put him on his back, and keep him there for a good portion of the fight. Well, Rafael Stotts and Patchy Mix have that ability. Yeah. I look at, I look at guys like Danny Sabatello, Magomed Magomedov. Both of those, them, those, same both thing. Both those guys can end up beating Sergio. Both those guys could potentially beat Rafael Stotts. You know, now that they fall into a little bit of a problem with Patchy Mix because he's so dangerous on the ground. Um, he's and he's very difficult to deal with because of his length and because of the way he is, because of his technique on the ground. Juan Archuleta is kind of that that uh, free spirit. He kind of can go everywhere. He's just someone that he can fight you on the feet. He can fight you on the ground. He can wrestle. He can train jujitsu. Like he's also not committed to getting you to the ground. He'll nope. just threaten takedowns to let his hands go. He'll mix it all the way up. He's you know, he's dangerous everywhere. Kyojo Horiguchi, I don't even got to say much about him. Everyone knows who he is, how good he is. He's dynamic on the feet. I mean, he was running away with that fight with Sergio. Sergio threw the head kick, came over the top, and threw the spinning back fist as he circled out with his hands down. Clipped him right on the chin. Lights out. It was over. No follow-up. Um, you know, I look at certain guys. Leandro Higo, he's kind of like he's hit or miss. Sometimes he looks fantastic. Sometimes he doesn't. He has a hard time making the weight. It's a matter of time before he goes to 45, I think. Yep. Um, James Gallagher. As much as I like him, and as much as I think that he's better than people give him credit for, right now he's just not active enough. And what's he, he gonna fight. do now? Yeah, I know he doesn't fight. That's one. And two is, what is he gonna do now that James Krause can't be in the corner? That shit. That shit's gonna apply in, in Bellator, from what I understand. Oh. So there's gonna be no James Krause, the commission. There's no, like there, there's no doubt. I, I, yeah. There's there's no doubt that's gonna apply in Bellator. So, you can't. You know, right now you can't have that. So where are you gonna go? Like, like, where, where are you training? Who's cornering you? All those things. And are you willing to bank your career on just being a, at a, with a coach just for the training? And then when it comes corner time and week time, fight well, week time. like, Well, let's be honest. He had a coach before James Gallagher in John Cavanaugh. Does he want to go very, back? A very good coach. What's that? Does he want to go back, though? That's the I, thing. That I, I can't tell you. You know, I can't tell you the, the answer to that. But. You know, even at the end, you know, you got Enrique Barzola, who's just a grinding, terrible fight for anybody because he's he's just hard nosed and just comes to push the pace on you and break you. And Brett Johnson's the same thing. Very good wrestling, good judo, uh, good positional fighter, takes you down, grinds on you, beats on you. Enrique and Brett are both very similar in the way they approach the fight. I look at the you know, in this in this, you know, division, again, some studs. Here, I would take Leandro Higo out, and I would take James Gallagher out right now. Mm-hmm. James Gallagher hasn't been fighting; he's been injured. He's got things he's got to you know take care of, and I think Higo's going to end up going to featherweight. So you know, I would move uh, Barzola and Johns up, and you can take a look at any of those. Any of those are going to give a hard fight to the champion. 
No, I agree. I agree with you. Um, th- but listen, what we were talking about, I think, on the the midweek show is that when you look at the divisions, it really gets kind of watered down. And not that these guys are watered down, but this is the probably the most stacked division we have in in our in Bellator right now. But as you get to nine and ten, you know, with Leandro Higo and and Gallagher and Enrique and and, and Brett Johns, those guys they're great fighters. But when I look at the UFCs, the fifteen one through fifteen. I you, agree. Got Syed, you got Syed and Nurmagomedov is number 15. Yeah. You've got, you've yeah. got, you've got Umar at number like 12. I 13. mean, <clears throat> 13. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're getting, they're stacked all the way to 15. Like we're, we're in the 10, we're good, but yeah. it's going to get real watered down, but they're not great at the last four or five last, you know, like that last three or four, I should say. And they can be mixed in inter- interchangeably anywhere in that last from Kyoji Horiguchi on up. Those guys are just murderers row. Yeah. They're all good. They're all good. You know, and I know, like, they, they just, and they mix up well. And, like, Juan, Juan's fought at 45. He's fought at 55. He can fight anywhere. He's someone that puts the weight on and takes the weight off. So, uh, and he fights, and he can fight anywhere. So, they're all they're all intermixing. They're all interchangeable, I should say. But Sergio really, like like I said with the, like we said with the uh, 35-pounders in the UFC, that guy is not safe. No, He's, whoever that guy is, dude. I don't care where, what, what, Does, what not company you're working for, in that division, you're not safe. You're not too many, safe. too many killers around you. Yeah. Next, uh, featherweights. All right, let's hop into these UFC featherweights. Yes, sir. Oof. Who's who's fighting for the interim title? It's Yair and Yair Rodriguez and, and Josh Emmett, <clears throat> which is a great be- fight. Gotta be careful, man. But I also, when when you look at that fight, John, what do you think? What's the first thing that comes to your mind with that fight? First thing that comes to my mind: power is a great thing to have, but technique and the ability to move and be slick normally negates the power because the power never gets to the place it's supposed to be. So I look at that, and you know, Josh Emmett has a wrestling background. I really think that if he gets into a stand-up battle with Yari Rodriguez. He's making a huge mistake. He's not going to land the shots that he thinks he's going to land, and the rounds are going to slip by as Yair just puts a volume attack on him and starts to slow him down, and he's going to walk away with the win. I think if Josh Emmett decides to use that wrestling as his main way of putting him down and creating problems for him, he's got a good chance of winning that fight. I don't... I think that Yair has gotten so good at his takedown defense since the Frankie Edgar fight. He's not even the same fighter anymore. I also yeah. think his ability to be a sniper with the calf kicks, the body kicks, and just mixing it up and the way he hides his kicks behind his punches and he hides his punches behind his kicks. Josh Emerson for a lot of heat, a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't it's tough s- fight for. I know he's got the knockout power and he's got the wrestling to get it in there and mix it up. You got to get it. You got to get it on target. And when you're you not got, as fast, yeah, that's, that's rough. Yair is so slick, so smooth, and I think that calf kick will really negate that power. When he starts kicking, I think if he kicks that calf, say three to four times, that power won't exist anymore. You got to put weight down. At least not at the able, same level. No, and you, you've talked. To, we've always, and the, you'll hear coaches say, you've got to be able to sit down on your punches to deliver your power. Well, but everything you can't put, everything comes from the base of the building. And if you can't put you your weight no down on your legs, you got no base, man. You can't throw the so, heat. And yeah. so I, I, I really look at that fight. I think it's Yair's fight to lose. Now, Josh Emmett was getting pieced up by Michael Johnson until the last second. 
you know, and <clears throat> that changed the way that fight went real quick. It was over, done. And so yep. it can happen, but Yair kicks a lot better than, than Michael Johnson does. Yair's very, very precise with his shots, and he understands what the the ultimate game plan is. If he gets busy after that calf kick in that first two rounds, in rounds four and five, Josh won't be the same fighter. No, I, I agree. And it's just, you know, again, styles make fights. And age is a difference maker because speed starts to yeah. go away the older you get. <clears throat> and it's tough, especially when you're fighting in the lower weights. You're fighting a young guy in the lower weights. Stand by, man. Speed is a is a huge element in that. And Yair Rodriguez has got that speed. Well, now you look at the rest of the division, though, John. I mean, this is where I look at this division, and I say, look, all these guys are great. Arnold Allen's still young. Josh Emmett is making, again, the shot as his title. Um, Korean Zombie kind of on the downhill a little bit. Calvin Cater's kind Definitely. of plateaued. He's kind of yeah, plateaued. But take, a, take, take a look at the guys at number 9 and 10. Exactly. Because those are my guys. Exactly. Those two guys, I think, those two guys, I think, will probably be fighting for the title by the end of 2023 or in that title talk. They'll for be early in the title. They'll be, they'll be up, up in those standings. So, yeah, I, I look at Arnold Allen, I look at Taporia, and I look at Evaloff. Those three yep. guys, I, I look at them being in that top. I look at them being in that top, uh, those top four, top, I'd say two to five. Yeah. Right. Like, Arnold Allen was already there. But I'm saying Taporia and Evaloff, they're they're going to be up there real quick. Yeah. And I also think with Bryce Mitchell, I know he had a bad look, you know, with with uh, Taporia, but not everyone can do what Taporia does. You put you put Bryce Mitchell against uh, Chikaze, or you put him against Calvin Cater, or you put him against Korean Zombie. I think he has success against them getting him down. I think he has success with snatching a leg, getting the takedown, putting and and the grappling exchanges on him. It's gonna be tough. I agree with you. I think he has the ability to do that. I'm really questioning. Look, he he talked about he was done. Mm. One loss, he was done, right? Because well, you know, yeah. hey, and you know, confidence. When all yeah. of a sudden you go out there and things don't go your way, it's the first time it really doesn't go your way, and a guy puts a whooping on you like that, you know, yeah. that occurred. Hey, it takes a lot for you to take and say throw it out to the side and say, doesn't matter. I'm going to come back and do what I do. I think he can. I think you're right. Mm -hmm. But he's got to believe in himself. Yeah. And does he? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see because he ma matching him him up against uh, a Brian Ortega would be a great fight. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm giving him a big jump. I'm giving him a big jump. Say, but I'm saying like Giga Chikadze that one's or not Calvin gonna be, That one's not going to be an easy one because Brian no. can definitely match him. Oh, absolutely. On, on the ground. Absolutely. And, and so you look and you go, in the stand-up, Brian's a lot more technically sound than Bryce is. So I would really lo I would like to see Giga Chikadze, as you're saying. Put the striker yeah. against the guy that's a grappler. If you know, Giga can stop the takedowns, he's going to eat Bryce up. And if he can't, Bryce is going to well, submit let me, him. Let me ask you this, though. Like For me, with Brian Ortega and him, like Brian wouldn't even defend the takedowns. It's just like ah oh, fuck it, I go to the ground with you. Like I'll show you who's better. Like it's like possibly to me that to me that's a fight. I'm like all right, that's a fight I want to see. But if you are Brian and you are slicker in the stand up, yeah, and you realize that, eh, maybe I'll just fucking I'll, I'll fight the takedown and just piece you up. This is true. Let, let you take bad shots on me. This is true. 
But you've got that mix up of all those guys. You got Danny Egal at the bottom. Uh, Sadiq Youssef, he's down there as well. Caceres making him another run. But he's here's here's the, here's the one point I think we need to make at this. But we haven't talked about the guy that's the champion who oh, is yeah. moving to 155 for this fight against Makachev. Mm-hmm. And that's all great. And, you know, whether he wins or loses that, you know, we'll see. But I still don't see anybody in top 15 there that touches him as the champion. John, how dare you say we'll see if he wins How or loses dare that. you? Just say. Just, <laughs> just call it like it is. Well... He's a stud. He's doing a great I, thing. I believe. I, I believe that Mike Jeff has has the uh, advantage <laughs> in that fight, but we're not talking about lightweight. We're talking about featherweight right now. And who do you see beating Volkanovski at one forty five? You know, honestly, I, I haven't seen enough of Evolve, but I, I think that he's got a good chance. He's good on the feet. He's got good takedown. He's physically strong. Yeah. Tapori has really been. Tapori would be the one guy that I look and say he's got a chance. He's got a chance, but because he's got I'm, he's got a well-rounded game. We're going based off of his ability to to fight guys that are not at Volkanovski's level, though. Also, that's right. And so when that, when you match him up against someone like a Volk who just can take the fight anywhere and just dominate positions anywhere, but I also think that Tapori is a lot stronger than people think. And Volkanovski, I know, is feels physically strong probably, but he's such a conditioned athlete where he uses his cardio to his advantage. Can someone like Taporio withstand in a five round fight, that type of pace, that type of pressure, the speed of him as well. Taporio loads up a little bit on his shots so he can land clean, hard shots. He's got some power, but Volkanovsky is so slick getting in, getting out, using the kicks, using the wrestling, mixing it up. It's going to be dangerous. It's going to be dangerous, but he's got a ways to go though. I want to see how he does against someone like Arnold Allen or, you know, or Brian Ortega. <coughs> yep, I agree. All right, for Bellator, we need the featherweights, Dave. I don't want to see bantamweights. <coughs> featherweights, thank you very much. And we got the guy that's the uh, the, the one holding up the building. The guy, the pillar is Patricio Pitbull at champion. You can take A.J. McKee's name off of that list. It doesn't belong on the list because he's not going back down to featherweight. Uh, the real question is, you know, you got Aaron Pico who had the injury against Jeremy Kennedy with this shoulder separation. He had surgery on it. You got some really tough guys in Justin Gonzalez and Mads Burnell. Uh, Tamur Kizriev, very good fighter, tough as hell. Uh, got a lot of skill set. Lucas Brennan coming in at, at number 10, talented, super talented submission guy. But not a guy that you're looking at to stay right now in any kind of thought process of getting to the championship. Borch being number one, Carvalho being number three. I actually look at the guys that are down in that eight, seven, six. They're the ones that I think can create more problems, five, for Patricio than the guys that are in that one and three. Yeah. Because AJ, I'm taking out. Yeah, I mean, I'm look, Adam. He he's already proved that Patricio can just keep him control at bay, the fight, control the fight, control the tempo, control the distance, hit him with enough power that shots. makes him makes him hesitate. Yeah, um, AJ McKee is gone. He's at 55. He will not be coming back. So I don't know why the 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 rankings still have him there. Uh, Aaron Pico, uh, Pedro Cavallo. He's already fought Patricio. Just stylistically, it's a bad matchup for him. Yep. Patricio possesses too much power, too hard to take down, controls distance too well. 
we're going to see Patricio, I think, go to 35 and really challenge himself. He's going to see. He may end up getting that shot against Sergio first. <clears throat> That's well, a great I, fight. I, tell you, I, I just don't know how he makes that weight <laughs> without without actually hurting himself. I guess we'll see. I mean, he said that his weight hasn't been able to stay on lately. That's what he's having a hard time with because he's he's getting older. So, but I, cause I I start looking at the guys that he'll potentially have a hard time with. I think he'll have a hard time with someone like an Aaron Pico, and not right now because Aaron's hurt. But I think yep. with Aaron in a fight or two, you may have a hard time with him because the boxing's there, the speed, but the speed, but then the wrestling, the control. Aaron Aaron's got to avoid that, you know, that Armin guillotine. But outside of avoiding that. Patricio's gonna have a hard time with him. I think Patricio will be able to get back up, but the wrestling, the continuous, like, continuous, definitely be able to get back up to wrestle. Yeah, the the continuation of wrestling back to back to back will slow Patricio down. Patricio is someone is he fights conserve conservative. He fights at the pace because he can control the tempo because he possesses the power. With Aaron Pico, I don't know if he's gonna be able to do that because Aaron can just wrestle and wrestle and wrestle with avoiding that arm and guillotine, wrestle him and make him and tend to get him to slow down. If he keeps that output going, it should be a good. It should end up being a good fight. Now I'm still. I'm not saying Patricio couldn't get it done. Still, Jeremy Kennedy, same thing. He's so big, he's huge for the weight. He's a big guy, but he also is very one dimensional. He'll he'll strike a little bit, but he's just straight wrestling. He'll have a hard time with Patricio, but the size may play a factor if he's able to hang on Patricio, press him to the fence, try to drag him down. He's got to avoid the big shots. You know, that gives a little bit of problems. I don't think Mads gives him a problem at all, Patricio. Um, Justin Gonzalez, I don't think gives him a problem at all. Not as of right now. Uh, Timur, he interests me. He's 12-0, yeah. and 0, but he's young. He's like 21, Super 22 young. years old. He's young. He's a baby. Yep. But uh, but he's good. He's good. And he showed that against Daniel Weichel, who's got a 42-14 and 14 record. He showed that, how he controlled the tempo of the fight. He really kept uh, Daniel Weichel at bay. Put the fight where he wanted it to be. Exactly. Timur is the guy that interests me probably the most out of all of these young guys because he is 12 and 0. He comes from that, that Russian style, Dagestan kind of style of wrestling. I know he's, uh, I don't think he's Dagestani. Uh, yeah, he but he's got, is he? He's got yeah. like that style of wrestling that just really can keep people guessing. He can wrestle you, he can strike with you, and he's got such confidence. Remember when we interviewed him and we talked to him in the fighter meetings? He's just like, yeah. These guys are on my level. These guys can't beat me. And I'm just like, dude, you're like 20 years old or 21 years yeah, I old. Know. And he believes. But I, I so. look at that and the, at number eight and number four, the two guys that I think mm -hmm. right now have the possibility of creating some type of problem for yeah. the guy that's a champ. Other than that, I don't see anybody taking that title from Patricio in the year 2023. But I also look how like this is this is the problem that I have with the Bellator rankings. How is Jeremy Kennedy ranked below Aaron Pico after he just beat him? And I know it was an injury. I, I know this Doesn't is so stupid to me. Like uh, these, it, this is when I get on the media, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I'm talking about. The media does the Bellator uh, rankings. We have no John. I have no say. Toker has no say. Uh, the matchmakers don't have any say. No one at Bellator has any say where any of these all fighters the go. It's all the media. So when you guys, this is this is this is why I just get so frustrated. I'm like, he just beat him his last fight. Yep. How is he not ranked ahead of him? Doesn't How? make sense. Yeah, I mean, if you just want to put him number five, make him number five. That's fine. Put him to number four. You know, like Jeremy should be number four. Aaron Pico should be number five. It's 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 embarrassing. It's embarrassing that the media doesn't. This is what I talk about. The media doesn't cover the sport. They don't cover it. They don't under they. 
They're obviously not paying attention. So, all right, next. All right, let's hop into UFC lightweights. All right, let's take a look. Obviously, we've got the championship fight in the lightweight division between Alexander Volkanovsky, the pound-for-pound king, going against the man that just won the title, Islam Makhachev. Okay, I'm just going to say this. Go ahead, John. Hold on. I want to hear the words come out of your mouth. I just, I just got to, I got to get ready to get the taste of vinegar out of my mouth here. <laughs> Look, Makachev is a stud. We, 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 we've both known that. From, uh, I've, you know, I play off of it and see, and I put you uh, in positions to. Uh, oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows. Like this guy is fantastic. I don't see anybody, and I'm being honest. You know, obviously, you know, anybody can lose and he can get hit with a shot that can put him out. You know, that 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 has happened. I don't see it really happening again. This division. If you go from 15 with Grant Dawson, who is really a fun fighter to watch into Drew Dober, who you talked about on our last show, you know, Moicano is just fantastic in what he's been doing. Going up, Jalen Turner coming out. Jalen Turner is a monster at 155 pounds, fighting you know, out of Costa Mesa, California, and the Ruka Gym. Gamrot, great wrestling. Fazeev, great stand-up. And then you got your top five that have kind of stayed the same for a while. Benil gets pushed up and down a little bit, and I don't think he gets near the credit that he deserves for how good of a fighter he actually is. You know, Chandler coming off of a loss. Gaethje coming off of a loss. Poirier coming off of a loss. Oliveira coming off of a loss. There's a lot of loss. The only guy that's got a win in there in that top five in the last fight is Darius. Yeah. You know, I just look at it and I don't see any of them truly challenging Islam Makhachev for that title in 2023. The only just one don't... would be Darius. That's it. There's not. I'm being honest. And I love Benil. I, he just doesn't have the style to beat in my opinion, to beat Makachev. This, you know what? I'm glad you said that. That He's the only one that I think has the style to beat him. You want to Tell know why? Because he's so he unorthodox. Yes. He doesn't fight like a normal fighter. You want to yeah. stand and trade with, with Islam? I'll take you down. You want to wrestle with me? I'll stuff your takedowns and force you to stand. Darius doesn't give a fuck where you take the fight. That's what made Charles Oliveira so damn good was I'll stand with you, I'll drop you, I'll get on top of you, and I'll submit you. That's what made Charles who Charles is. Islam has that at the next step. But Dario, Dariush, Islam still, or not Islam, but Charles still fights it like as if it's like he has technique to it all, which so does Dariush, but yeah. he does it in a very it's wild, just an crazy, awkward, weird way. way. Yes. yes. Like yeah. you're I not agree. expecting someone to go Gramby roll right out of something into a leg lock, into a sit up and sweep. And then Charles is going to, he's going to hit the ground. He's going to pull his guard. He's going to try to attack his submissions. Dariush is not really trying to do that. He's not trying to let, allow you to lock your hands around his body and get you taken down. If you do do that, he's, if you do take him down, he's going to Grammy roll. And if he Grammy roll, then he's going to start fighting the hands. He's going to turn and face. He's going to give up position. He's going to fight. He will at a give up position. He'll give up yeah. position and fight at a pace that Islam, I know he's always in phenomenal shape, but he likes to slow it down, control you. Show his dominance by just squeezing you and letting you know, hey, I'm physically stronger than you and I can dominate. And just kind of sucks the will out of you. <clears throat> How Habib used to do it. <clears throat> but I look at all those guys. None of those guys. And then not until I get to Gamrot. 
Gamrot shows me a lot of interest. I do. But then they look at you look at Gamrot, you look at Darius, and I'm going to go all the way back down to uh, Suryukin again. That young man, <laughs> that, that the young man's a stud. He is a stud. Yeah. I'm not going to change my mind on him, man. I've loved him ever since he fought Islam, even though I wanted Islam to win. He impressed me. He impressed me with everything. He's gotten so much better. His jab, his combinations, his stand-up is so much better, and he utilizes his wrestling so well with his stand-up. John, that kid, if Islam decides to go to 70, I can see it being a Dariush, Sharukian, uh, Gamrot-type run division. Those three guys are the three best guys. Now, I'm going to get into Ismagulov. He's fantastic as well. Yeah. But he, he's, got, he's got some ways to go. He's got some, he's got some growing to do. But I look at him. He's a fantastic fighter. But like uh, Moicano's good. Dober's good. But they just they lack in certain areas that I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the with the Sarukians, the Gamrots. I and agree. Obviously, and the Dariush. Now, I can see those other guys making a good run against you know some of the other guys, whether it's Fazeev, whether it's Chandler, whether it's Gaethje, whether it's Dustin. You know, Dustin, I think, still got a lot of left in the tank. And the same thing with Charles Oliveira. Those two guys, they'll be at the top for a little for for significantly longer. But like Justin, he's probably getting a little frustrated. You know, I've had two title shots. When will I get another one? Will I get another one? You know, and then I've got to fight Murderer's Row to get back to that title shot because he's already had his two title shots. You know, and they're both finished. They're both submission losses. Yeah. And so if you're the UFC, you're looking at him going, okay, who do we match him up against? Maybe maybe we match him up against Fazeev to make it a barn burner fight. That's a great fight. That's a great fight. Love you to know, see um, it. But if you were to match him up against someone like a Gamrot or a Sarukian, the wrestling, just uh, uh, the wrestling. Well, you can take it. You, look, at, be honest with that division. You're taking a look and you were talking about like Dober and, you know, Isma Gulov is, is a very good wrestler. He's got yes. good wrestling. All yeah. right. And then you take a look at Dan Hooker. He's got good defensive wrestling. His offensive wrestling is not real, but he's got good defensive wrestling. But, you know, there's guys out there that you're looking at. Turner. Actually, he's got pretty good wrestling, mm -hmm. and so he's in there. But Sarukian's got fantastic wrestling. You know, RDA, if he's going to be in this division, I don't know if he's going to be in this one or if he's going to be in the welterweights, but RDA actually wrestles a lot better than people realize. Yeah, he's he very is. tenacious. He go, he continues to chain you know, his techniques together. He's a great wrestler. Gamrot's a great wrestler. Fazeev is not a great wrestler. Good defensive wrestling, but not a great wrestler. Chandler doesn't use wrestling. Darius is actually... <laughs> a good wrestler and so, well you're you're looking it, you've got to be a good grappler in the lightweights or you can't fight in this division yeah. it's tough and it's the one thing that i think fazeev has really shown is man you know his grappling has really come up his ability to defend you know obviously he's not taking guys down but his ability to defend it has put him in that place where you know what yeah, he can compete with everyone yeah this this division stacked, but it starts to get a little watered down when you get past Sarukian. I love Jalen Turner; I think he's fantastic. You get Dan Hooker, Isma Gulov; he's got some growth to do still. Uh, and then Moicano; he's really good on the feet, really good on the ground. But they've also got some miles on him. Drew Dober, stylistically, he's gonna have to start wrestling a little bit better if he's gonna get up into that upper echelon of fighters. Especially when you look up there, right? Dustin Poirier can wrestle. Michael Chandler yeah. can wrestle, or never never uses it. You know, yeah. Darius can go anywhere. Justin Gates, he's got a good takedown defense until you get to the upper level of wrestlers. And then it's like, it's non-existent. Once they get him down, he struggles. And that was the backstory on him for years, man. Yeah. Is that once you got him down, he had no grappling. If you go back to even his fights when he fought uh, Buscape 
in um in yeah. World Series of Fighting. World Series of Fighting. He got taken was, down. I think that was his last down. fight in the World Series of Fighting, wasn't it? It was. <clears throat> it was New Year's Eve um in New York at the MSG little room there that they had Hulu, for yeah. Hulu Theater. You know? Yeah, and so I was there for that, and he was losing that fight up until the cut. Oh yeah, oh, you know he had Scott, lost, he was had, taking him down. He was, Take him down, control the position. It was the uh, it was like the cut across the bottom of the eye. It was swollen. He could still see, but I think because New York had is relatively a new commission, they were like they didn't want to take any chances. Nope, fight's over. But I mean, there was one more round left, and he was going to win that probably probably win that round because he had dominated the whole fight up until then. It was a good fight though. Yeah. Uh next. <laughs> now we're getting into Bellator's. Man, I'll tell you what. Uzman Nurmagomedov just took the title from Patriki. I honestly don't think Patriki should be at number one. You know, but again, we don't do the the rankings here. Uh, <laughs> you're taking a look at this, and you think, well, and you, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, you got Rabatanov mm-hmm. at number ten. Okay, you think he he deserves to be at number ten? No, no, he should be higher than that. Yeah. Okay. You know, and so you just take a look, and I, I look at these and. As it goes down, Usman has got a ton of talent. And we're going to see him for a long time being very good. Benson being up there for his, you know, all this time, the fact that he's still in the chase is amazing. But what, he signed a four-year, four-fight contract? And he said, this is it. Yeah. These are his last fights. And so I honestly think you're going to see, you know, they're going to do that, um, the lightweight World Grand Prix. It's going to have some... uh, fantastic fighters and like you said i would love to see you know uh guys from other places coming in i would love to see you know obviously it's not going to happen with uh shane burgos but there's a possibility it could happen with satoshi souza i would love to see him as part of it you know you're going to see Nurmagomedov in there musayev he's a he's a killer on the feet you know he had a great fight with patriki uh from japan Alexander Shabley's stand-up is clean. It's crisp. It's sharp. Now his wrestling is good, just his ground defense is not great. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's on the ground, he's not dangerous. Brent Primus dangerous on the ground. Sydney Outlaw dangerous on the ground. Islam Mamadev is a guy you look at, man. He is a stifling fighter. That's why he's twenty-two and two as a fighter, but not real exciting. So you wonder is he even going to make it in there? AJ McKee, you know he's going to make it into that tournament. You know, as one of the things, and like I said, Robotinov right now, he's outside of the equation, and he shouldn't be. He should definitely be in that tournament. Yeah. But there is a question of, he's got a teammate in Uzman Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I don't think they'll fight each other. Yeah, I can tell you right now that Mamadov's not going to be in the tournament. Robotinov's not going to be in the tournament. Neither one of those See? guys will be in the tournament. You'll have Usman Nurmagomedov in the tournament unless something happens where he's out, like how Pettis hurt his knee, had to be out for the tournament. <clears throat> so that being said, I think Patriki, you'll have Patriki, you'll have Tofik, you'll have Benson, you'll have Shabley, you'll have Sydney, you'll have, and you'll have maybe Brent Primus and AJ McKee. That'll be your lineup. I don't know if Peter Quilly's going to make it. And I also, yeah. I'm also not shutting the door on Ryzen Fighter coming over and being part of this tournament. I'm not yeah. shutting the door on that yet. I'd love to see it. <clears throat> or I think Eddie Alvarez. I know that's I'm not. not I, I know. I I actually I try to make a, I try to make a pitch for that man. I'd love to have him come in. And I'd do love it. to see it. 
I'd love to see Eddie in this tournament. So just a little bit of that nostalgia of, you know, Eddie Alvarez coming back to Bellator, entering the, the tournament yeah. format. Being a guy that's won it everywhere he's gone, man. He's won. Yeah. So, yep. Well, so, except and then, for one. I feel and if I was to, to put him in, man, the fight we never got to see was him and Benson Henderson. That'd be my first fight. It'd be fantastic. That'd be my first fight. Hey, you guys yeah. got a lot of history there. You know, a lot of legends in that, in that, those two. Just they fought so many people, champion everywhere they've went. Great stuff, man. Great. So, I mean, I look at that. I look at this, this lightweight tournament. Definitely. It's going to be fun. I want to yeah. know. I want to know who's going to be in, who's going to be out. I kind of look at it. Usman, Patriki, Tofik, Benson, Shabli, Sydney, Brent. And then I think you slide AJ up into that Islam Mamadov spot. And that's your, that's your, that's who you have. Yeah, that's it. I think you're about right. You know, I, I don't see anybody else in there right now. Good stuff. All right. Next one. All right. We've got the welterweight division. With Leon Rocky Edwards being the man who is sitting on top as the champion looking for someone to try to take his title. I saw Kamaru Usman, you know, doing his he had a show that he did, still got you know, rap on his hand and stuff, showing that he's still got an injury there. Is he gonna be the guy that's gonna get that shot? I don't know. You know, I, I would think that he deserves it. I would think it's the right fight to make. I think it should be made over in the UK where you know Rocky gets to fight in his uh on his turf. But Kamaru Usman against Leon Edwards, that really should be the the matchup as a rematch. And then you got the real question of Colby Covington sitting there on the outside with Chimaev. Bilal Muhammad, who has been looking fantastic. Gilbert Burns is always a problem. Now, he's already got a fight that he's going to be going with. But you take a look at this. It should be as just as it's ranked, in my opinion. You should have Leon Edwards fighting Kamaru. You should have Colby Covington fighting Chimaev. Now, the question is, is Chimaev going to be fighting as a welterweight or are they going to move him to middleweight? Because right now they've got him listed in the welterweights, not in the middleweights. John, <clears throat> let me educate you. Okay, you educate. <laughs> I think I think honestly what you do is Kamara will probably sit out until he's healthy, make sure he's 100% healthy, and you slide Bilal Muhammad in there. You do not allow Colby Covington and Kamzat Chimaev to slide by without fighting each other. Thank you. Those I agree two with you guys need to fight each other before they go any direction. Kamzat needs to show that he can make 170. And yep. he can be professional enough to carry a main event against someone like Colby Covington. Colby Covington needs to get off of his ass and stop sitting on the sideline waiting for all the waiting for all the guys that have already lost to come out and fight so he can go ahead and get another title shot. I'm getting sick of hearing this guy talk about this, talk about that. Well, here it is, buddy. You're at the top. You're not going to be there much longer if you don't fight soon. Him and Chemayev should be the fight. I agree. That's it. I, I, look, if it's not going to be him, I'm okay with Gilbert Burns and Colby Covington. I'm okay with that fight. I mean, I prefer the Chamayev and Colby fight. I prefer that fight. But I, but but Chamayev's got to make weight. He's got to fight a top level guy. He's got to fight someone in, the, in that top two or three before he gets a title shot. He didn't make weight his last fight, and he missed it by a lot. By a lot. If he had missed it by a pound, I'd be like, ah, you know what? Different. I get it. I get it. My perception of it is different. Everybody else's perception of it should be different. If you miss weight by a pound, pound and a half, I'll give you a little bit of leeway. Coming from yeah. 185. You know, you fought at 85. You, you're you studded at 85. We get you. You're trying to make that weight down there at 70. I'm supportive of that. Now, next time, you got to make it. Okay, but I get it. But I'll go ahead and give you a title shot. I, I would have probably given him a title shot. But eight, nine pounds? Yeah. Nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. 
It's just unprofessional. Very unprofessional. Yeah. Can't do it. But then I get into this these rankings down here, right? You've got you know, you've got Sean Brady coming up. You've got Vicente Luke who's dropped quite a bit. You've got Rachmaninoff, you know. Um, you've got Mazadal, Neil Magny, Kiesa, all those. I really, when I get down past Sean Brady, Jeff Neal's making a run right now. Steven Thompson just showed how good he is when he beat uh, Kevin Holland. I was eating my words for that, by the way, John. At least I, I'm admitting it. I was eating my words. I thought Kevin Holland was going to fight a smarter fight. didn't. So he just, yeah. And I also thought that Kevin Holland would be the faster fighter. Nah, he wasn't. It's all right. I thought the reach would be an advantage too. Definitely didn't use that. <laughs> so <laughs> couldn't have fought a, a worse way to make I me look stupid. But I look at Bilal. If Kamaro is out, Bilal should be the next guy for a title shot. You I cannot you. let those two guys get past or get to a title shot or close to a title shot without fighting each other. I agree. All right. Next. You got Bellator as well, Tori. Very simply put, you got this fight coming up from uh, in February. I'm sorry, March. No, February, end of end of February 25th, I believe, mm-hmm. from Dublin, Ireland, Yaroslav Amazov coming off of a fairly long layoff. You know, he went to fight for his country in the Ukraine and stuff, going against a guy he's already faced one time. He's got the win against Logan Storley, who won the interim title. It's, it's as good as it gets as far as, you know, a matchup. The first fight was action-packed. It was fun. It was three rounds. And in those three rounds, I thought that Amazov won the first two and was getting tired in the third round and Storley was coming on mm-hmm. and he ran out of time. <clears throat> We're going to find out if those two championship rounds can make a difference for Logan Storley in this one because no one has ever beaten Yaroslav Amazov. He is got the best record in MMA and he deserves it because he's a stud. This is a hard fight because I have so much respect for for Amosov. Both going off for both of them, yes. Yeah. But for him to go off, defend his country, come back, <clears throat> and then his first fight back is against basically your arch nemesis, someone that you know is going to get who gave you your toughest fight to date. Now you're going to have to fight this guy as your return fight after you know 15 months Ruffled. off. You're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> so. Uh, all those little things you're going to have to work on. And I really would like to see him keep his undefeated record because outside of Habib being 29-0, and 0, he has the next best record in the sport, period. And so it's it's nice, but Logan Sorley has been active. He has been so active since he since Amosov has been gone, and he's gotten so much better since Amosov has got, been gone. His yep. stand-up has gotten better. He believes now more in his stand-up. His conditioning has gotten better. His fight against uh, MVP... Not the most exciting fight. Definitely not. But MVP's not someone you can really take a lot of chances with. But then right. when you saw him fight uh, Naaman Gracie, Great that fight. fight right there to me was, it was perfect, man. He fought a perfect fight. Stuck and move, touch, 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 uppercuts, left hooks, wrestled a little bit. He Took mixed it up Took big shots to give big shots. Exactly. So I look at this, I look at where this is all, where this division plays out. I want to see, and I'll continue to want to see this fight over and over, is Jason Jackson and, and MVP. Why have we not gotten this fight yet? Mm, I don't Why know. have I not gotten this fight? I want to see MVP versus uh, Jason Jackson. Let's go. Why? What's taking so long to make this fight? This I'll fight should have already you, happened. I agree with you in that one, but if, if you don't give me MVP versus Jason Jackson, then give me Jason Jackson versus Andre Korshkov. All right. That's cool. I can get behind that. Great fight. I can get behind that. But what are we doing mm. with MVP, man? He's had his two title shots. He came up short. I want to see it. I want to see Jason Jackson MVP. Or I agree with you, Korshkov and, and Jason Jackson. But MVP's got to be somewhere in there. I mean, 
uh, Yamuchi coming off of a great fight uh, over over uh, Naaman Gracie. Good fight for him. And so, once again, the media does 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 uh, their job. And Jaleel Willis, who just beat Kyle Crutchmer, he's yeah. below him. <laughs> it's so it's so embarrassing, man. Oh my I'm god! That was that was literally their last fight a couple weeks back. Yeah, yeah. and he's still ranked. It was December ninth. Jeez, man. <laughs> So embarrassing. So embarrassing. The best. But what do you do with someone like like Sabah Hamasi? You know he's got a fight, he's got a big fight coming up. He's fighting uh, yeah, Brendan Warren. Warren on CBS. And you're looking at it's a dangerous fight. But this is actually when you're looking at someone, in my opinion, like Sabah Hamasi, this is his kind of fight. This yeah. is the fights that he you know is made for. This is what he lives for. This is where he shines is against a guy who will really come out and stand there and throw leather with him and say let's throw it let's throw it up in the air and see what happens and you mm -hmm. know what he's just ready to exchange with guys but yeah the one thing i give him he has been fighting smarter in he took jaleel willis down he got the submission win he's got that ability and so i look and i go that's smart that's the way you should do this yeah. but every time that he goes into those wars mm -hmm. they are fun so they're fun they to are. watch you know so they i enjoy that watching him fight that fight with Brennan Warren should be real good. That'll be on February fourth and uh, on CBS. All right, next. <clears throat> Let's look at UFC middleweight. All right, we've got the, the man Alex Pereira, who uh, just dethroned Israel Adesanya, and this throws a big wrench into everything with the middleweight division, which is good because it needed it. Israel had been so dominant, had been clearing out a lot of the competition there. I look at this, this was a good thing for the UFC's middleweight division. It, it opens things up. You have different people that you can put in here now as uh, as matchups because Izzy's not the top guy as far as he's not the champion. You've got a champion that you could put Robert Whitaker against. you got a champion that you could put guys like, it would be kind of fun to see Paulo Costa going against uh, Alex. I would love to see, you know, uh, when you're talking about Roman Delize, man, Put Roman Delice up a couple things. Let's see it. Let's see him against Marvin Vittori. Let's see him against Izzy Adesanya. That would be mm -hmm. fun to watch. This guy's a stud. You know, it just opened things up. Andre Muniz sitting all the way down at number eleven. Look, he's got a lot of potential. That guy is good. He's got a great freaking submission game. He freaking broke the arm of Jacare. Mm -hmm. You know, the dude can work off of his back. He's got good stand up. This division now, in a lot of ways, is really opened up. It's it's in a it's in a in a place where, you know, Duplessis just got the win against Till. He's got a fight. Who, who he's already matched up. Who's he matched up with? Um, who's Duplessis? Oh, Brunson. He's going to yes, be fighting Brunson. Brunson. Yep, yep. So you know that's a good matchup. You know, I look at that. Derek Brunson's a tough. You better get rid of him fast because, you know what? If that thing goes in the third round, Brunson's going to be sucking win, and Duplessis is going to be putting it on him. Here's my question. The UFC, <clears throat> the UFC, do they have Izzy fight him directly? He's already beat him twice before. I know it wasn't MMA, but now he's beaten him three times. Do you have Izzy go to an automatic rematch because he was such a long standing? In, in the way that we normally talk, John, we always Absolutely. say you have, to, you have to run that fight back because Izzy was such a long standing champion. He yeah. had beaten everybody, he cleared out the division. Now I you agree. have Pereira who came in and, and beat him. Do you give Izzy the automatic rematch or. Do you slide Whitaker in there? Because now that really that really spruces things up. And do you give 
Do you give Izzy somebody like somebody like a Sean Strickland? Just because he you know, because he likes to stand and bang. Or do you give him the Roman Delizzi? Do you give him a fight like that? Where like the up and comer has a potential to like shake up the division? He's been I so dominant. He, Will he be as dominant after coming off of a loss? I I think, and again, he deserves yeah. the rematch based upon his body of work. I would, if I was the UFC, I would try to talk him out of it. Say, hey, let's get you a good fight where, you know what, you you feel good about it, and then we'll bring you back for that rematch. But it's up to him. You know, he does he deserve it? He deserves it. You know, is he going to want it? I think he's going to want it. He's not going to want to wait. But if I'm the UFC, I can do more by yeah. sitting him off on a different fight mm-hmm. and working it out than I can with what if I give him the rematch. The problem with not giving him the rematch is that he's already beat Whitaker. He's already beat Cannoneer. He's already beat Marvin, I, That's uh, the problem. Marvin Vittori. So he if fought, he comes he back and Brunson? he becomes champion. Did he fight Brunson? No. He fought Brunson long ago. Did he? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. He beat Brunson, I believe. Did any fight Brunson? I, I don't recall. But look, in that division, though, when I'm looking Let at that see. division, like he's already wiped out kind of that division. Yeah, he right lost there. to him right there. Boom. Oh, in the first round, TKO knees, yeah. punches. There you go. I mean, maybe that's a rematch. Maybe Could that, be. you know, like if, if, if Brunson gets past uh, uh, Duplessis. Yeah, Duplessis, maybe you have him fight, you know, him in a rematch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's stylistically, it's a. Tough fight for him and stuff in the takedowns, but on top of it, you know, it's a fight Derek Brunson would like to get back. And Izzy just is someone that has finished him easily and potentially may do it again. You never know. Nope. But he's already just fought all these other the other top four guys, three guys. He's just fought. So if you were if you were gonna give you could choose someone out of the top fifteen to put in a championship fight against Pereira, who would it be? Strickland. Oh no, sorry, to put against Pereira? Yeah. Whitaker. Whitaker. I was going to say, Strictly, you just knocked him out. No, no, no. No, no, no. Whitaker. I put Whitaker. Absolutely. Okay. The, the young, right. the, the guy deserves it. Okay. He's been, he's been a company man. He fights his ass off. He's beaten out that division. He's cleaned out the division as well. If I'm going to say it, if, if it wasn't going to be Izzy, I'd say Whitaker. Okay. And not because, not just because he's ranked right there, even though he is still ranked there, but he's, he's done such a great job of beating all these other fighters that have been there. You know, outside of that, then if I would say with Izzy, I may give him the Paulo Costa, then just tell Paulo Costa not to drink wine. Maybe we'll get a better fight. <laughs> just buying into that one. Huh? All right, yeah, yeah. All right, middleweight division of Bellator. You have Johnny Eblen, who took the title from Gegard Mousasi. We got Fabian Edwards, Anatoly Tokov. So Johnny Eblen will be defending his title against Anatoly Tokov on February 4th from Los Angeles. On CBS, so you can watch that fight. Anatoly took off thirty-one and two. The dude is a stud. He, uh, good wrestling, good sambo, power in his hands. He takes a good shot. He recovers really well when he does get blasted. But Johnny Evelyn has been on a different. He's every time he goes out there, he has been getting better and better and better. How much longer can he get better? I mean, I have him as my breakout fighter, but I also think in this year <clears throat> that, that I don't see anybody in this division right now that can beat him. Now, there is one guy that I think, but he's not in this division. He's in this division, but he's not ranked. It's Costello Vanstinas. Yeah. I look at Costello Vanstinas because he was out for so long. I know he just had his return fight. He looked impressive. He looked good. 
I look for him to really make a run. He is in that top one or two. The only reason why he doesn't make such a such a charge no, is because no, no, he no, trains. No. no, what I need to know is how is it that Costello Van Steenis, who got a win in his last fight, mm-hmm. who is eh, what record wise. 17 and 17 and 1, 17 and 2. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. How is he not in the top 10 here? Who has lost their freaking mind? Media, let me know. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Cuz I mean, I, I nothing against. I'm not saying anything against Aaron Jeffrey, Austin Vanderford. Aaron Jeffrey's a good fighter. Yeah, and also Vanderford. Very Vanford, good fighter. Austin Vanderford would maybe give him some issues in terms of the wrestling, but as the fight went on, just the feet would be such a problem. He's so aggressive. Yep. So aggressive. So, you know, and Lorenz Larkin on the feet, he it just the size. I think the physical size of Costello Van Steenis would be too much for Lorenz Larkin on the feet. Um, you know, and then you look at Anthony Adams, even even my boy Romero Cotton, man, he'd have a hard time. I think he'd have a hard time. He'd be able to get him down, but the submission threat is there. And the body size, the height, the reach, all of those things and the kickboxing level, different level, different yeah. level. Uh Dalton Ross is making a that's, huge run. That's the guy. That's the guy that may end up giving giving problems to a lot of people. I'm, he's going to be kind of my breakout star, I think, for this year. Like he, I'm looking at him going, he's someone that, as long as he stays on track, and the way we talk to him, how focused he is, like, Love this is my goal. Yeah. This is my goal. This is what I plan on doing, and he's not distracted by anything. He's like a he's a younger version of Johnny Eblen. You know, he just he understands what his goal is. And the two of them train together with Austin yeah. Vanderford and, 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 and Amosoff. You know what yeah. I mean? So they all train together. They understand where they're at. And just ah, this, this, I wouldn't be surprised if Bellator after the lightweight tournament, this was the next division they did a tournament in. Cause you go, you throw Van Steenis in there. You got Eblen in there. You still got Gegard in there a little bit. You got Fabian Edwards starting to kind of make a resurgence, understanding, Hey, my brother became champion at the UFC. Why am I not the champion yet? With yeah. all the same talents and ability. And then Anatoly Tokov now has got the visa issues all settled up after. Two and a half years of no visa. You know, John Salter's hit or miss. You know, sometimes he comes in, he just tears people up. And Dalton Ross right now is making that run. Aaron Jeffrey's still a very tough guy. Vanderford, Larkin can no, never be underestimated. The feet, the ability to stop takedowns, so quick. This I, I could see them doing a tournament at 185 pounds after this uh, lightweight tournament. Possibly. Next. Next. All right, we got 205 late heavyweight at the UFC. I tell you what, you know, this, this is a division in turmoil right now. It's a <laughs> fucking disaster right now. It's like, man, you just take a look. Look, Yuri Pro- Prohaska is the uh, he's the champion, even though he's not the champion. He he uh, he sat his belt down because of the injury he got with his shoulder, and he's going to take some time. The Ankalaya versus Blahovitz fight ending in a draw didn't did nothing to. Uh, appease anybody and and cause nothing but problems for the ufc and you, they got they have problems with injuries you know prohaska is injured rakic is injured you got jamal hill who was supposed to fight glover who is now injured so jamal hill i believe is fighting. it's jamaha hill i'm sorry jamal ja, ja, i can't even say Jamahal. it wrong podcast dave Jamahal say it again hill, buddy jamaha hill jamaha <laughs> but jamal hill is going to be fighting anthony Jamahal. smith who they were training together, mm-hmm. so this this whole division right now is kind of a mess. It's a mess, you know. I think that 
Jamal Hill is a is a good person to put in there. I really liked what Ryan Spann did in his last fight. I thought Ryan Spann looked fantastic oh. in his last fight. And he talked about, Jeez. it's the only time I've ever trained. <laughs> it's like, well, son, get back to it because yeah. you looked freaking great doing it. Jeez. You know, and then you got guys like Paul Craig. You know, he's fun to watch. He's very one-dimensional. He, he scares you to death in the stand-up or, and sometimes scares you to death even on the ground when he's looking for submissions and, and accepting damage as he looks for him. But uh, we'll see what happens with Johnny Walker. He's had a nice fight in his last fight. He's coming back. But this whole grouping, we're going to see what happens with uh, Smith versus Hill. But this is the one that the UFC is just shaking its head at because it used to be a cornerstone of stability and studs yeah know. this was the division that held up the ufc absolutely this is from what, chuck this liddell yeah you know, randy ortiz, couture Tito ortiz, randy Tour, yeah this, this division is what held all up the way their promotion you know, dan cormier john jones you know jones jones is, was you know in charge of this damn division for how long yeah. you know but you just look yeah. and it's like it's in disarray right now no absolutely um yuri i don't know how long until he comes back if he ever does come back We'll see. You don't know. But uh, Glover's kind of on his way out, but he's going to have one more fight. Um, well, at least one more or two more. Um, you've got Magomed on Goliath. You've got, he's coming off that disappointing draw right now to Jan Blachowicz. Rackets out probably for a little bit longer. He's probably got another six months because of the knee. I mean, you've got all these things. Anthony Smith's now fighting Glover. Is that the case? Anthony no. Smith is fighting <laughs> Hill. Oh, Hill. Sorry, Jamal. Yeah, Jamal Glo Hill. Glover pulled out. Yeah, Glover Glover's was out. supposed to fight Jamal Hill, and then he pulled out. When I look at the rest of this division, though, outside of Ryan Spann, none of them really impressed me. Krylov's good, but you got Jamal. You got Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill. You got, you know, <laughs> the rest of them right now, like I said, I've said this for the longest time. I said it earlier, too, on the, the midweek show. Is Glover's kind of on his way out at his age. Okay, Jan. Jan Blachowicz, kind of on his, he will be kind of on his way he out is. here because of his age. Yeah. You know, um, Anthony Smith, he's not old, but he's had a lot of fights, man. A lot of fights. And he's had something early a lot in of his career. He had a lot of damage he taken early in his career, too. He lost yeah. some big-time fights in strike force. Yep. Reminder, strike force, guys. Yeah. So that's he's been fighting a long time. Uh, he's a talented fighter. He's a great fighter, but he's he's got his hands full in terms of, like, he's got some miles on him. Um, but he really you know, has you know, he really has the ability in this fight against Hill. I don't think that he can stay with Hill in, in the stand-up. You know, Anthony came in as, as a stand-up fighter. His ground game has really gotten a lot better, and I do think that he has the ability to take advantage if the fight hits the ground with Hill, who is adequate on the ground, not great. Yeah. You know, the Krylov in there is just kind of like a, he's there. He can make a run. I just don't know how deep or how far just yet. Yeah. That's it. And the rest of them down below outside of Ryan Spann, as long as he trains, apparently he does very well when he trains. Oh, so God. so if we can just see more of that guy, then if we, that guy can make a run up into that quick that quick four and five. Because like I said, Glover and and Yawn, I, I give I give Yawn maybe another two years. Another two years. Um can I just interject real quick? Uh, you guys are saying Anthony Smith versus uh, Jamal Hill? Yes. No, I uh, I didn't know. Who is it? No, no, no. I'm I'm saying that I don't. I'm not seeing a report on that. Yeah, someone. So Jamal Hill took, or sorry, Glo someone took the place of Glover Teixeira. 
Now, Anthony I remember Smith. that Anthony Smith and Jamal Hill were training together. I know they were laughing about if we were to match up. Apparently, I'm, John's saying that that match happened, right? Uh, from, what I, from what I heard, it was Anthony Smith was taking that spot. You can't find that up on anything? Um, No. Mm. no. I, th- I think I... Because I, I saw something where they so who does interview that, together. Do me a favor. Look up Jamal Hill and see who who they have him fighting. Yeah, that's uh, this first pay-per-view coming up, buddy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I'm looking at um, uh, UFC. Yeah, I mean, UFC still has it as thingy, but, you know. What are you looking could, at? Why don't you look up Jamal Hill's record, and I bet you it'll say who he's matched what up against next. What are you looking next. at? What is John, wrong John, with John, you? John, 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 and John, you're John. wondering why Jamie John. won the podcast producer of the year award. <laughs> John. I have about three different screens, okay? So you don't have to worry about which screen I'm on. Boy. Don't, don't. Well, yeah, obviously your screen has... suck because you have Clever Teixeira against Hill and he's already pulled out. All right, well. Why don't you well, look, up, look up Sherdog? Look up Sherdog and look up Jamal Hill's record. And then yeah, oh, it still has, still has Clever still there, has too. It. I don't know. Interesting. Wow. I mean, I'm looking at um, Glover Teixeira injured and, and the most I'm getting is November when he fought oh. you. That's the most I'm getting. So you guys got some insider information there. I dude, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I was maybe. told it was Anthony. We'll see. Mm. All right, maybe well, not. We have to clarify maybe that. Not. I could be wrong. We'll have to clarify that. All right, yeah. next in the two hundred five for Bellator. Bellator. Well, right there, you're looking at the best in the world right now. Absolutely, <laughs> you're looking at the best too. Yeah, Vadim Nemkov, Corey Anderson. You got Phil Davis. Get rid of Ryan Bader's name again. What is with you people? Get a freaking clue. Yoel Romero, obviously we all know what he can do. He's you know obviously yeah. up in age, but there's something freaky about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you saw well, you saw you saw what the uh, doctor, doctor said about said. him. You know, it's yeah. like I've never seen anything like this. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like crazy. Well, neither have we. I'm just but, glad he didn't waste it. I'm glad that he's somebody that's just utilizing this all the way till the end, man. Oh, yeah. How blessed is that? Hello. I've seen plenty of guys and females also in just training that had all these God-given talents and just fucking blew wasted it. it. Wasted yeah. it. Just blew it. Just sat on the side. I, people that just got sat around and did shit like nothing. Drove me crazy, man, because I never had yeah. it. And I always had to work hard for my shit. Ugh. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> But you know, you take you take a look at the top five, you know, fighters there. You gotta take, get, again get rid of uh, uh, Bader's name because he's the heavyweight division. Uh, Sullivan Cully is the guy if you're looking. Yeah. really is coming up. Carl Moore, super strong, good stand up, a lot of power. He can he can fight on the ground also. Grant Neal's a guy you, you got to look at. Man, he he's he's that tweener guy though. Mm-hmm. It looks like he could be a 185er. It really does when you look at him as far as, you know, stature and everything, but he's thick as hell, super mm-hmm. strong, good wrestling. You know, Anglicus looks like a heavyweight. He's, you yeah. know, he's, but he cannot stand up against elite wrestling. No. That's his problem. He's got very good boxing, heavy hands, uh, very technically tight, doesn't get hit a lot. If someone's got good wrestling, they can take him off of his feet and then he's not in the, the position to do damage. So, not quite a turtle on his back, but no, he's but he's like a big John on his back. Yep, just kind of there you go. This is true. <laughs> yeah, kind of just you know, muscles his way out a little bit, but that's yeah. that only lasts for so long. Yeah, uh, interesting, I mean, interesting group as far as the top four or five. You know, you you really got something, but it falls off from there. Yeah, 
I think the fight to make, man, is Corey, da uh, Corey Anderson versus Phil Davis. That's the fight to make. I don't. I don't disagree with you. No, I think and it's a you, great one to make. Yeah, and you're gonna have Yoel v Romero when Vadim's healthy. You're gonna have Yoel versus Nemkov. Yep. You know that's a. Here's the thing. When I look when I look at the division right now over in the UFC, this is a this is where they could have used Yoel Romero. Oh yeah. You know, in that 205. Yeah, or, they would have just put him up there and because he'd already had problems making weight at 185. It yeah. was it, and you could see where it was affecting his performance. Mm -hmm. Talk to him, say, hey, well, we want to move you up to to light heavyweight because yep. you know we need you there, and we think you're going to perform better there, and you're going to be faster there. Yeah, when you have someone who's as gifted as him, and you can, and and when you look at that weight class in 205 in the UFC, there's not a lot of wrestlers. No, when I mean, you have someone like him who who doesn't want to wrestle too much because he's yeah, he forty five years old, forty six years God old. God damn it, Josh! Every time he uses wrestling oh, and ground and pound, oh. he fucking annihilates people. Yeah, it's scary at times. It's so crazy. He just doesn't feel like he can get hurt. Like his, like you just see, like he doesn't. He'll get. He'll, he'll take a shot and then he'll just. Smile and laugh at you, stick his tongue out, and he'll come back and fight you some more. Like his yeah. his fight with Paul Acosta was just fantastic. I was in the arena just going. Did, oh, they've got so that crazy. one. All right, they they had a picture from long ago. Rocky Marciano fought Jersey Joe Walcott. I know I'm going way back, but there's a classic picture. If Dave can pull it up, of Jersey Joe Walcott. Again. What's that? Yeah, Jersey Joe Walcott versus Rocky Marciano. There is a famous picture from that fight of Jersey Joe Walcott's face just being disfigured. Right there. there it is right there. There you go. Okay? Jeez. From that shot. Okay? You take a look at that right hand hitting him. And there is the same picture of Yoel Romero. That knocked Jersey Joe Walcott out. Right? That put him on the, on the, the mat. And there's the same picture of Paulo Costa's leg, and you can see the flex in his shin bone with how much power it's generating up against Yoel Romero's face, and that his face doing the same thing that Jersey Joe Walcott's, and he just should. It's like pull that up. What the yeah. hell are you made of? Oh, there it is. Boom! Jeez. And look, you you can see the power in that kick right there. You know from where that kick is at. Take a look at the leg. That is, I mean, that's a knockout blow, dude. Damn, that's what I would do to podcast Dave. If you ever stepped out of line, be like, yo, boom, just straight shin to the dome. Oh, <laughs> dude, yeah. that is a shin wow. to the jawline. And look at him. That's what he did. Yeah, it's just like, crazy. Oh, that's my so God. crazy, man. It's like, do you get that, to dude? Yeah, you're gonna have to post that picture, buddy. You could hit oh. that dude with a fucking sledgehammer, and he's gonna look at you and stick his tongue out like, nah, insane, just crazy. Uh, yep. Yeah, I just I look at that division at 205 in the UFC, and they could have really used Yoel to come in and kind of spruce it up a little bit, and yeah, especially now so. that it, now that Yoel's put the weight on properly. Like I said, when he fought Phil Davis, he looked a little like kind of just soft around the midsection. Which if you were gonna say soft him. for him. Yeah. It's all for him, you know. Um, but then in, when he when he fought Polizzi, he looked shredded. He looked ripped. He looked ready to go. He's when put he the weight on Manhoff. properly. And then Nasty. yeah, and then when we saw him, um, we saw him in the fighter meetings. 
He's like, yeah, I don't have to really cut much weight. You know, he nope. still had to lose like 11 pounds. I feel pounds. good. Yeah, he said he felt great. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I only have to lose like 11 pounds tomorrow. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. You know, so he, he just, goes, oh, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's easy, man. He's been cutting from 80 to 85. But I, I wonder how much they're like, man, we could have potentially done something like that with him because could have. he still has a lot left. Next. Yeah. Heavyweight division. Let's go to Francis Ngano, the champion of the UFC. And look, he 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 deserves to be in that position. The guy you know, put on a great fight in taking the title back against Stipe. He then defended it against the interim champion in Cyril Gaon, even with a bad knee and stuff. And uh I don't see anyone right now other than a guy named John Jones if he comes out there. And Jones isn't, you know, Jones isn't going to be able to, to, you know, just stand up and no. stay in a stand-up war with Ngano. He's going to have to use that wrestling. He's going to have to use all the different tricks and things that he knows how to do. But if you're looking at this division, it's always a division that is lacking in a lot of talent. You know, you can take a look and say whatever you want. There's guys in there that I really enjoy watching. You know, Jerzinho Rosenstruck, I thought did a great job in his last fight. Fought the way he's supposed to. Tom Aspinall is a guy, although injured, mm-hmm. he's really going to be someone to watch. I think he's got a ton of talent. He fights well on the ground. He's got good wrestling. He's got good stand-up. Guys like Tai Tuivasa are what we expect out of the heavyweight division. A guy who is a banger, fun to watch. And takes a big shot, comes to either you know, knock you out or get knocked out, and that's what happened to him in his last fight against Sergey Pavlovich. That's a guy if you're really looking. Pavlovich versus Ningano. If they if they can't get that John Jones thing done, that's the fight that I would love to see. Put Stipe Miocic and Cyril Gon together, and put Francis Ngano and Sergey Pavlovich together. I think you got two great heavyweight matchups. If John Jones is not going to be part of the equation, this is what I see. <clears throat> I think Francis may be done with the UFC. I think he's going to walk. I think he's gone, and I think Stipe's already gone. I don't think Stipe's coming back. As much as we were saying, like he's like, look, if I'm going to get a title shot, sure I'll come back. I don't think he's getting a title shot. I don't think. Well, they don't want to give him a title shot against outside of John Jones, which they should. If it's going to be somebody, exactly. it should be John. If Ningano walks. <laughs> Then I could see them giving Stipe a title shot against John Jones. But let's just say he beats John. He's gone. He's never going to fight again. Now you have a vacant title again. Yeah, I I, I know. I you, we say yeah, but you know the UFC hates that shit. Oh, I know they hate it. But it's, they hate but again, that shit. sometimes there's nothing you can do about it, and it's no, going to be what it. it's going to be. And so, hey, put the fights on. You've got some guys that you can use to to build other guys. But you know, and nothing against the guys that are you know. Derek Lewis, I love. is fun. But, again, I, I don't see him ever being uh, a champion in that division. Same with Volkov. I don't see him being a champion in the division. Same with Rosenstruck. Too limited. And I, again, I thought he fought great in his last fight. Loved what he did. Uh, exactly what I want to see out of him. Let's see if he can continue doing that. You know, Marcin Tybura, tough dude. Hangs in there in fights and, and finds ways to win. He's fun. He ain't going to be your champion. Chris Dawkins. No. Not going to be your champion in the heavyweights. You know, and you just take a look at those. You're skipping someone, though. This is the guy, though, that has a lot of chance to be the champion because he's the only guy that can fucking wrestle. Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades. He's yeah. the guy that I think gives John Jones I didn't, the biggest I didn't fix. miss him. I went from a certain point. 
Yeah, you just yeah. you overlooked him. Got it. No, because I started a tattoo of Asa. Got it. But with Curtis Blades, if I wouldn't be surprised if they said, "Hey, Curtis, you and John for the title." Cyril just already fought for it. Stipe is, I think, gone. Sergey's coming off a great win, but stylistically, that matchup is probably the best. That's gonna be John's toughest task. Have him huh? fight. Have him fight a wrestler, someone who can stand a little bit, doesn't have the stand up as John, but can probably match a little bit of that wrestling pedigree. With John he Jones. He definitely and, can match the wrestling pedigree. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm saying like we're gonna see size wise though too. He's tall. He's long. He's he's every bit as big as John he's got Jones. The, he's got the range that John normally takes advantage of that he can't. And John has a hard time. He's had it, it's been proven. Yeah. The guys that have always been tall and long and lanky and those guys give him the most hard, trouble. Give him the most trouble. And I'm yeah. saying he's gonna give him a lot of trouble, but I think he's gonna end up being a, one of his tougher fights. Probably his most toughest fight at that division. I mean, Ngannou is someone who's just explosive, but let's... How old is Ngannou? 35? Not that old. 35 maybe, yeah. That's kind of old, John. Not really. Not for a heavyweight. I know. But, Not for a heavyweight. But when you rely on your speed to stuff takedowns and your explosiveness yeah. on the... I mean, I get he wants to get paid. He wants to make a lot of money, but... I mean, if I'm the UFC, I'm like, okay, look, I'll give you a four-fight deal for a lot of money. And once you lose, I got to, you know, and there's there's tears to that. If you lose the title, you're going back down to this. Yeah. It sucks, but if you're a promotion, that's what they're looking at. They're looking at that. So, and John Jones not even in this mix yet, but like I said, Stipe is out. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, to me, Tom Aspinall is the sleeper. Coming off that injury on the knee, fluke. You know, total the, mishap. The, but. The, guys, the guys who are out there that you're looking at in this division – because Cyril Gaon is going to be there, and he's good. Yeah. All right, Pavlovich, he's coming on. He's he is exciting. He's powerful. He's doing everything right. He's going to be there. Blaze is going to be there. You Tuivasa is going to be there. He's just going to be that guy that's you know, yeah, kind of. They'll bring up at times when there's that space or anything, but you know he's going to have to fill that void of yeah when he fights someone that's technical you know he can't just be the brawler because he's taking shots and that's what happened like against gone and then pavlovich you know aspinall and like you said i think he's the future but he got hurt and he got hurt in a fight against blades where you look and you go not a whole lot happened i don't know you know anyone can get hurt but you know you know is he that guy that injuries are just going to fall upon and we've seen yeah. those guys that are really talented but injuries just seem to come out don't know. Bellator's heavyweight. All right, taking a look at this. When you you know, being honest, you got Bader coming up. He's got his fight against Fedor in, in Fedor's last fight. A lot of people wonder, well, you know, why are you going to do that and stuff. Hey, it was a, it was a promise that someone had made, and that it's going to be, you know, Ryan wants that fight. He wants to prove that the first time wasn't a fluke, and Fedor wants to prove that nope, I wasn't, you know, who I was supposed to be on that night, and I'm going to prove to you. I'm a lot better than that, and I'm going to get the win. So, I look at this. It's this division is more about the guys coming up from the bottom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not so much the guys. Moldowski's going to be there for a while. It's yeah. fast. You know, smaller heavyweight, which is the you know the heavyweight of the future. He's more of like the Kane Velasquez, you know, 235 pound, you know, heavyweight comparatively. You know, Congo, basically, he's done. You're not going to see a whole lot of him. Steve Mowry, young, big, six foot eight, got a lot of talent, a lot of submissions, yeah. you know. But 
hasn't really fought anybody that you can look and say that guy is super talented. Yeah, I don't know how so, he's ahead of Tim Johnson. It's just, I think, a matter of the record. Yeah, Sarcom just needs to let it go. That's his biggest thing. Don't fight conservative. Let your shit go. Do your cardio, buddy, because you're a big guy with a lot of athleticism. But you just got to utilize that. You can't utilize that athleticism if you're fucking tired. That's the biggest thing with him. He, the sky, the sky's the limit for him. He could be, he could end up becoming the champion by the end of 2023 or early 2024 if he just focuses on his conditioning and his his ability to stuff takedowns and letting his hands go. Uh, Daniel James is kind of a, such a big guy. He he's just, you know, he he's someone that just shocked the shit out of me in the last fight. You know, he shocked the crap out of me. I didn't expect. Yeah, fun guy, great on the mic. Um, you know, he's a huge star in, in Chicago, everyone there, he knows every damn celebrity they were all there front row watching him fight. He's a big ticket seller in Chicago. Um, and I go down the list. Steve Mallory's got a long ways to go, man. He hasn't fought anybody of name. I don't even think he should be in the top five. He should be more down by the top 10, top nine, somewhere on that. Starcom would be a tough, tough fight for him. If not potentially beat him right now. Um, Czech Congo's gone. Fedor will be gone after this fight. Lynn Vassell is always dangerous. He's gotten a lot better at heavyweight since going up. The same thing with Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader and him, Lynn Vassell, two different fighters at heavyweight. Ryan Bader at 205, huge mistake. Cutting all that weight, trying to, at the age he is, at heavyweight, he's a lot, he's a lot better in terms of the wrestling and all those things. And Moldovsky is just the young tweener. He's the guy that, 230 pounds 228 pounds 234 pounds depending on what he ate for lunch you know and he's a grinder he's someone that can get on you he's got good good stand up and he'll wrestle you he'll do everything but this division it needs a little bit of a makeover john i'm going to be 100 percent honest we've got we've got a handful of guys not even a handful i'd say three or four that i'd really like to see stick around the rest of them all need to start making some improvements you know um to, to help grow this division that's it i mean i I expect a lot out of the heavyweight division because I know there's not a lot of them out there, but man, you guys got to go out there and excite. And Daniel James did that in his last fight, and so did Sarkom. So both those guys are showing me a lot as of lately, and I love watching them fight. Same thing with Lynn Vassell. Lynn Vassell's come up. He should be getting next in line for a title shot. He got overlooked by Fedor, but it's Fedor. So what are you going to say? All right, well, hey, guys, we're going to wrap up this show. This has been a long show. We weren't expecting to go this much, but John and I are nerds, so we get into it like we did, and, uh, you know... And go to go to talking our crap as we do talk about this. Go to weighinginmerch.com, pick up some of our merch available. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and the thumbs up. That helps the algorithm push our product and our and our channel. So hopefully you guys can do that for us. Share our content to everyone. Take the link down below. Copy that link. Send it to your friends that are in MMA. Say, hey, why don't you guys give this podcast to listen to? We want to thank you guys so much for listening to us. And John, take us away. For everyone out there, I want you to know that Josh's IQ went up at least five points by putting those glasses on. It's fantastic. What are you doing? You just Taking got them stupid off. again. Five. It's going to take more than those glasses, buddy. <laughs> for everyone out there, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you.